Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Reading from Luke's Gospel, Chapter 2, part of the birth of Christ. Jesus has now been born and he's about to be taken into the temple, as was the custom in Jewish culture, and uh, to be dedicated to the Lord. And we pick the story up in verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. We all know Christ means Messiah. It means anointed one. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Today I want to finish with the final message at Faith Point this year. And I've entitled it, Living in the Tension of Anticipation. What an incredible story for this man who was elderly in age, but who had a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And God, being a God of promises, had spoken to Simeon, who the Scripture says was a just and a devout man, describing his character. He was a man who loved God, and in the midst of his communion time and his relational interactions with God, God had spoken a clear word into his spirit. It was a revelation. It was something that he just knew that he knew that he knew that God had promised him before he was to take his last breath, God himself was going to let him see the face of the prophesied Messiah. You know, some people, when a movie star is in town and they get maybe just to touch his hand or her hand as they walk by and then they faint, on the streets because of this moment of great anticipation. You know, there's others where they perhaps get to meet the Pope and they're overwhelmed and they faint. Well, can you imagine what the anticipation must have been like that he was going to see the Messiah, the one and only prophesied over for two to 3,000 years that a Messiah was going to come and deliver God's people. This man was given a direct promise by God that he would see the face of the Messiah. Now, I would call that just a little bit of slight anticipation within this man's life. I can just imagine him in these latter years waking up every morning, is today the day? Is today the day that I get to meet the chosen, sent Messiah of God? And then the day came. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit directed him and led him into the temple the same time that Mary and Joseph were bringing Jesus to be dedicated into the temple. And he was able to hold him 
with his own physical hands, he was able to look at him face to face, the awe and the wonder of this special moment. You know, with every anticipation within our lives, there comes a tension. How many of you have lived under the promise that this and this and such and such is going to happen by such and such a time? Something good. And so you get your hopes up and you begin to have that, you live in that space where you're believing for a better day, that you're living in anticipation for that moment that's been promised over your life. But there's always a tension that comes with anticipation, and we all understand what that, ten- ten- and that tension is. And it's simply this, is are the reasons that I'm feeling hopeful, are the reasons that I'm excited about the future, are they built on a genuine foundation or is it flimsy and flaky? Can I really put the weight of my hope, can I really put the weight of anticipation and expectation behind what has been told me or am I building on a flaky foundation? You know what that's like. There comes a tension. Is this too good to be true? Will this really happen? Will this really take place? And that tension that comes within our lives because simply the, the the tension is this, friends, is that none of us enjoy disappointment. Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred. When you're believing for something, but it doesn't happen the way that you thought it was going to happen, or the way that you were told it was going to happen, or it just doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen, and you've got this sinking feeling in your heart of this disappointment that becomes like a rock in your spirit. And sometimes that can scuttle people's faith. Sometimes that can bury people and they find themselves dragging their heels from day to day because what they had promised never happened or didn't come to pass the way that they were envisioning it in their minds. Praise God, the Bible says, but when the, when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. And what God's telling us is that in the midst of every disappointment, there can come a fresh desire that's born of God that can breathe life back into your heart and into your spirit. So Simeon had been living in this tension, this promise from the Holy Spirit that he was going to see face to face the Messiah. You know, God is a God of promise. This is what Paul wrote about the nature of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20, speaking about Jesus. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him are amen to the glory of God through us. You see, this is how God works in our lives. He pulls us forward into the future with the power of a promise that he places within our spirit. And promises work like this. When you have something that God has gifted to you and it's sitting in your heart, you know that you know that you know because it's not man's word, it's God's word and it's come into your spirit. And this is what happens. There's a yes and there's an amen sitting inside. You know that God has spoken, that God's going to bring something to pass. The problem is we don't always know the timing of that thing. We're not always where. Many times in my life, I've received many incredible prophecies over my life, and I've thought they're going to happen next week. Anyone else feel like that at times? And we're kind of building this anticipatory moment that is going to come to pass in a very quick time. Some of those prophecies were given to me 30 years ago, and I'm still waiting for their fulfillment. Praise God. But you know what? 
Like Simeon, I know that I know that I know that it's going to come to pass. So next year, it's already been prophesied through Arwen this morning, the word of the Lord. You know, let's build an expectation in our hearts for 2020. And we like to believe that every year, as we're moving from the old to the new, it's going to be a better year. But I want to tell you something. There's some things that we need to actually watch out for to ensure that 2020 will be one of the better years of your life. And I want to talk about the situation of living in the tension of anticipation. You know, maybe next year, some of you who are still single, there's an anticipation in your heart that next year could be the year. It could be the year. The ring might be coming. The ring might be given. It could be the year next year. Maybe you've been living in a very average business flow. But God has placed an anticipation in your spirit that you're going to have a breakthrough year. That the favor of, when the favor of God comes on a business, friends, I've seen it time and time again. When God's favor rests on your business, you better watch out. You can see just explosions of the goodness of God within your life. Maybe some of you who haven't been able to have children for whatever reason and, and there's still just a, a longing within your heart that maybe next year I might be able to get pregnant. Whatever it is today, I want to talk about managing the tension of that anticipation within your spirit as we look at the story of Simeon meeting Jesus. And there's three simple keys. The first one is this, and it's simple. We've already touched on it. Number one is wait for God's timing. You know, if you've ever been going to the doctors, I go to a very busy doctor's surgery out here in West Auckland, and sometimes you're in there and you're in the waiting room and you're waiting and you're waiting and everybody else's name seems to be get called before you. And you know, it's not pleasant to be in the waiting room. And sometimes when we're in God's waiting room, we lose sight and we allow the anticipation and hope and faith to leak out of our spirit because we've been blinded by watching too much of comparison and comparing ourselves with other people's situations. And before long, we realize that actually we're in the hope deferred makes the heart sick category. We've let our anticipation go. You know, the Bible says that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He knew there was a time where God was going to begin to move and introduce the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one into the nation of Israel. Ecclesiastes 3.11 puts it like this, for he makes everything beautiful in his time. The Bible says when we walk with the Spirit, we've got to keep in step with the Spirit. When you march to the beat of God's drum, when you allow yourself to be synchronized with the workings of the Holy Spirit within your life, you can understand this, that when it happens in God's time, in the fullness of time, God sent His Son. Or just at the right time, another version says, God sent His Son in the fullness of time. Don't force your way and try and bring to pass through the anticipation you feel in your spirit, God's plans for your life. Ladies, you might remember when you were a size 10 or a size 12. And it's been a few years. And you got a, you got a, good, you got a Christmas voucher for, to, to go to the, 
to the ladies' dress shop. And so you head in there and you see this beautiful size 12 dress and you're just envisaging this dress and wearing this dress. So you take it off the hanger and you head into the dressing room and as you're pulling it over your head, it doesn't somehow just slip to the ground and fall to the ground. You have to pull it down to the ground on both sides because it's a little bit tight. (laughs) I had to ask my wife these questions in order to find out. I haven't been secretly dressing up, guys, all right? (laughs) And sometimes we can do that with the promises of God. We can try and force it into happening out of our anticipation. But I tell you what, friends, just like it don't look good on that lady, it don't look good on you when you're trying to force the promises of God upon your life. I remember as a child, we had a tradition in our family this time of the year where all of my siblings, we would have a pillowcase each that we would wake up on Christmas morning. And inside that pillowcase were a whole lot of little gifts and presents. And the anticipation was too much for me one year. And so I decided in the middle of the night that I would raid my pillowcase. And in the middle of making my midnight raid, I got snapped. And I got caught by my mother. And you know what happened? She was so disappointed in me. And I was so disappointed in myself. And I was in the middle of unwrapping this present when suddenly I got caught. And you know, when we try and force the timing of God, when we try and run ahead of God, we get ourselves into awkward trouble. You know, the Bible says that he sees the end from the beginning. He, God lives outside of time. And he's looking down on the timeline of our lives. And, and he gives us hints called prophecy. He gives us words of knowledge regarding our future and regarding some of the things that he wants to do in our life. And what we need to be aware of is to make sure that we're walking in step with the Holy Spirit and walking in time with him. Remember, he makes everything beautiful in his time. Secondly, this morning, Simeon walked in partnership with the Holy Spirit. We don't know a lot about this man's life in these few verses, but one thing becomes very, very apparent. He had a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led him to the temple. The Holy Spirit had promised him and placed this gift of anticipation into his spirit that he would meet Jesus one day before he gave up his last breath. And so you see the key to walking in the fulfillment of what God's promised over your life is learning to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Every believer who comes to Christ has a second birth. Every person that gives their life to Jesus Christ now has the Holy Spirit inside of them. And the Bible says that true sons and daughters are led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit-led life is the way our lives are now to go in terms of our future. And And so it's learning how to build that within our lives. You know, um, Simeon, we don't see here that he was rushing around, skiding to everybody, that God had given him a prophecy, that he was going to be the man. He was going to be the one that would see the Messiah. You know, that's a mark of immaturity, really. He had a quiet, firm confidence within his life that God had spoken to him. And out of that quiet confidence, there he was on the day 
in the temple, holding baby Jesus in his arms, looking directly into the face of God. What a moment that must have been for him. And it was all because he'd received a revelation in his spirit from the Holy Spirit. You know, somebody can promise you something, but when God promises you something, it will stay in your spirit for the rest of your life. When God reveals something of himself and his nature to you, mark my words, it will never leave you. It will remain in your spirit for the rest of your life. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. When God speaks a word, it's an eternal word. And it shall happen. It shall come to pass. The... uh, well-known verse from 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. We often use this as a benediction in our church services. But did you notice what he said about the Holy Spirit? And the communion of the Holy Spirit. That word communion in the Greek is none other than the word we all know, koinonia which means the fellowship, the mutual participation, the joint working together. That as you you walk, you work together with the Holy Spirit working in your life, directing you like the rudder of a ship, speaking to you, guiding to you. This is the way. Walk ye in it. And as you Give yourself time for the Holy Spirit. I'll give you an example. Just a recent one last weekend. Whenever I go away to minister, the Lord spoke to me years ago and says, I want to show you what I'm cooking in my walk before a meeting. Walk standing for word of knowledge. I want to show you what I'm cooking in my word of knowledge. So last weekend, I wanted to demonstrate to Georgie and Ania so they can see that ministry is not about just sharing your testimony. It's not just about preaching a word. When God sends you out, he sends you out in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I always come before the Lord and I write a list of all the words of knowledge that God speaks. I have a, I have a natural born expectation in my spirit that God wants to do more than what I've got written on my piece of paper, that he has something in his heart that's going to break the meeting open. So I went down to their motel room before we drove off to church and I showed them my walk and what God had been cooking up in the walk and I had five very clear words of knowledge. And as we got into the meeting and I was preaching on Sunday morning and we came to the ministry time, I began to release those words of knowledge one at a time uh, over the congregation. And every single one of them came to pass. But there was one of the words, which was an unusual word that the Lord spoke to me. He said in the meeting that there was somebody there who had been suffering sickness, but what they didn't realize was that the sickness also coincided with the death of somebody very close to them and that a spirit of grief had jumped on them at that person's passing away and was causing sickness in their body. So as I shared this word of knowledge in the service, suddenly down the back of the uh, church, a middle-aged European woman suddenly burst out in a wail, shrieking as that spirit manifested over her life. And I, so I stopped the meeting and I walked down and I began to minister to her and deliver her from that spirit. 
And, and, and the point that I'm making is this, is that there is so much more available to us as we commune with the Holy Spirit, as we have an inbuilt expectation within our life that God wants to speak and guide our lives, that the anticipation of the prophetic within our lives should always be ready to be actioned because the Holy Spirit's the most up-to-date person that you can ever meet. He knows everything about everybody, and he knows who's going to be in meetings before you get there. He knows what their needs are, and he wants to minister to them. Can you give God a praise offering this morning? Hallelujah. And the last and the third key this morning for living in the tension of anticipation is simply this. Live without clutter in your character. Live without clutter in your character. What do I mean by this? We, we get told very clearly in this small passage about this man, about the kind of character that he had. Two words are used in the scriptures. That he was a just man, which means this. Innocent, faultless, guiltless. Innocent, faultless, guiltless. That doesn't mean he was a perfect man. It means that he was a man who was up to date with God. It means that he hadn't allowed the junk that no doubt was in his life, because there's junk in all of our lives, no doubt that the junk that was in his life, that he had enabled his life to become up to date, present and ready, standing at attention with a clutter-free heart, a clutter-free character within his life so that he could see what God was doing. You see, if you've been out driving at night and your windscreen, you know what will happen when you come home in the morning? You go out to your car and there's bugs, there's splatter marks all over your windscreen as the insects of this world have come to try and mar your vision. But when you're up to date with God, you can have a clean windshield. You can have a clear vision because you've gotten rid of the junk and the insects and the pests of this world. You can wipe them clean out of your spirit. The second word that used to describe him is that he was a devout man. This simply means he had a reverence and a respect for God. He lived with a reverence. Have you noticed ones that you may have walked with in your life? When they come into that category of disappointment and hope deferred has made their heart sick, this is actually what happens is that they start to live carelessly. Without a vision, Proverbs says, the people dwell carelessly and they no longer have a regard, an up-to-date regard and respect for the Lord because they've been buried in disappointment. God wants to free you from that this morning. God wants to set your heart free of the murkiness of disappointment because it can become like a lead weight in your spirit and it's hard to shake off unless the Holy Spirit ministers to you. He was able to live clutter-free in his character. Jesus put it like this in the Sermon on the Mount. He said this in, in uh, Matthew 5.8, Blessed are the pure in heart. What happens? For you will see God. You will see God. I remember reading a story of a minister who struggled for years with pornography. He used to speak at conferences and take penthouse and Playboy magazines in his briefcase and reward himself when he when he'd felt that he'd spoken well. His character had become completely twisted and cluttered. He'd been to people. He went to his supervisor one day, who was the supervisor of the whole denomination, confessed his sins to him, and the supervisor said, sorry, I can't help you, I've got the same problem. 
He tried everything to try and get, he hated himself for it. He had a self-loathing that happened. God had gifted him as he does. Gifts are given without repentance. God had gifted him with a tremendous speaking ministry, but he couldn't shake this sin out of his life. And of course, we know that there's not many present here in this meeting today that haven't been confronted with pornography because it's out of control in the world that we live in today. He sought counselors, and then one day he was praying, and he said, God, I'm, I'm just so desperate. I feel almost suicidal because I feel such a hypocrite in my life that I'm practicing this behind closed doors. And you've called me to be a minister that should have clean character, that should have a right spirit. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to him, just like I'm speaking to you today. And he spoke this verse, Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And suddenly the revelation of the Spirit hit his spirit. And suddenly he realized that what he was doing was actually, actually obstructing God's ability to come and speak into his life. That he was never going to see God for who he really was because of the impurities within his heart. Wow. Wow. And that one word delivered him from something that he'd been struggling with for his whole adult life, that one word from God came and smashed the chains off his life. And he was able to live with a character that was clutter-free from baggage, clutter-free from the twistings of this world that are around about us every single day where we can live with a freedom. Simeon was such a man as this. He got to meet Jesus he got to pray over Jesus. He got to be there right at the start of Christ being born into this world. Can you imagine what a day that was for him, as it would be for all of us, as he met the most royal person in the universe, the king of kings who had come down to earth to be born as a baby. He was first cab off the rank of getting to see Jesus. Wow. And able to declare and prophesy over his life today. I wonder how many things God has spoken in the past over your life. That today some of you are even sitting on the fence in regard to some of those promises that you've felt and heard in days gone by. And because of sometimes it's the machinations of man. It's the twistings of the people that surround our lives that, that put a dent in our side or who maybe have dug up something from your past and have placed it fair and square on your plate and said, you know, we've got to sort this out. And you're in the middle of sorting things out within your life. I want to urge you today as we're coming into what I, I believe and will, will be the greatest year. I forgot to tell you, we started the Huapai Church two weeks ago. So we've had two meetings, praise God. We've had two meetings. Um, we've had two meetings. And so next year, February, we're going to be full on with having these two churches on the go here. And so 
We're going to see every man, woman on deck, and we're going to see God do some great. We had great anticipation in those two meetings as I asked every person who came, I asked them to share what is the prophetic weight they're carrying in their spirit? What do they see? And every single one of them had a scripture, had a verse of what they saw God about to do in the, in the what is turning into the city of Huapai now. It's a, it's a busy place out there. And so we're, we're so excited about what the Holy Spirit is about to do. And I want to give you the opportunity this morning, maybe to do a bit of spiritual house cleaning and housework within your life today. Because I do understand this, friends, is that as the days are getting darker, the Bible declares the light is going to get brighter. The Bible declares prophetically, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is rising upon you. That's what the Scripture says. And even though gross darkness and deep darkness cover the face of the earth, the Bible says, God's light will shine upon you. Are you ready for that in the coming months and years? Let's stand to our feet, church.